This is Soundtrack, a podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Leakey. Hey everyone, I'm with Tim West. We're here in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. How's it going? Excellent. Sweet, man. Yeah. Uh, so we've we've known each other for quite a while. Uh, yeah. Man, I, I think it was like 2009, I want to say, uh, when we first met. Uh, you were uh, doing a music video uh, mm-hmm. with your band <laughs> at the time. And yep. that's how we met. Um, and there was other things like soccer that we, uh, really both enjoy a lot as well that we absolutely uh, grew in our friendship, but, uh, it's always been music too. That's been a, a staple of our conversations. Yeah. Um, I think one time we, we did like a four hour conversation (laughs) (laughs) on mostly music. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a screenshot and, uh, sent it online to prove it right i think yeah yeah three hours and something it was it was ridiculous uh but definitely a a really good conversation oh yeah yeah no i love it Uh, we've and we've had multiple of those throughout the years so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. no it's good yeah i remember meeting uh meeting you uh early on uh we're coming to film that video and uh it was just kind of it was it was kind of crazy too because at the same time, um, one of the, uh, our friends, mutual friend that was, um, part of, part of that as well, uh, walked in and I knew him from touring. Like we toured and, and played, uh, uh, played one of, one of their events and he was like helping loading in and that happened like hundreds of times. But for some reason I always remembered this guy, uh, and, uh, <laughs> we're there filming the music video, walk in, I'm like, Hey, what's up? And he, you know, and he remembered, remembered me and long story short, now we're, uh, family. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he married my, uh, my wife's sister and, uh, uh, lives down here with us, uh, in the greater Nashville area. And, uh, it's been a fantastic relationship. So yeah, there's been, that was like a very pinnacle day. Like even meeting a filmmaker, uh, friend Steve, and, just, right? yeah, Steve, and just a lot of, a lot of, uh, nexus of the universe kind of yeah. <laughs> happened at that, at that time. So it was, it was a, uh, a cool day. The video never came out, but Hey, you know, <laughs> that lot came from it. So, uh, originally you're from, uh, Warren, Michigan, which is like a suburb outside of Detroit, uh, and right, right. East point, right? Yeah. Originally East Detroit, then eventually turned to East point born, like the first house I, I lived in as a, as a young, young baby was there. And, uh, but after a couple different homes eventually settled into like the, the, the home in Warren, which was, uh, you know, something that I, I definitely there for like, you know, formative years, my parents still live there. And, uh, um, that was absolutely, uh, you know, I'd say that'd be the staple area, house, city, whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah. So it's always weird when, uh, that, like because there's so many burbs in especially in Detroit mm-hmm. and so it just uh it's weird to refer to it as a city and right just because they're, they're so small um although Warren is actually I think the third uh populous city in the state 
Wow. But uh, it's just, it's so weird how like, you know, there's not really much differences between the burbs, but um, it, it's, yeah. it's just a different uh, vibe to it than say the rest of Detroit, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everything kind of, you know, above a certain mile road has like a thing, you know, there's kind of these like, yeah. you know, uh, differences as you kind of go up and then, uh, in, you know, said mile road or whatever it be. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, uh, d- definitely different, d- different from Nashville. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. So you're, uh, growing up, you have mm-hmm. your, your biggest influences with music, uh, were your parents as well as, uh, other family members like your aunts and uncles, um, talk about, uh, why they were, uh, an influence in your life with, yeah. Uh, music. So, right. Um, I mean, so the, the biggest, the biggest thing, number one is that they were all musicians, you know, and, uh, you know, there's photographs of me as a baby, um, sitting on like a Mesa boogie amp, you know, or, you know, uh, <laughs> parents, you know, they had rehearsal all the time and different things. So they really, uh, music and them, their band, that was a, that was a huge, uh, huge part of the day to day. Like most of my memories growing up in there were revolving around, you know, some kind of band or band event or, uh, or, you know, from there, my uncle ended up opening a studio. And so I remember just like hanging out in the control room and, you know, fundamentally be just being bored all the time, but, (laughs) but, you know, still just being in that environment. So it was very, uh, like I, I, in some ways I feel like I haven't, that hasn't stopped, you know, like as far as, um, just constant, constantly being around, uh, musical equipment or involved in some kind of project, but it was, it was a major influence for sure. Um, and I think it was a very, uh, different, uh, I guess kind of upbringing, especially in the Metro Detroit area, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. And, uh, so that, that for me, I mean, I look back at that fondly and I, and I like that. I love that about it, you know, and, um, and it's huge influence for sure. So what, uh, what are, what are the reasons why they got into it? Um, hmm. you know, I know my mom was always music musical and, uh, was a, was a huge fan of Beatles and, all these, you know, different, different acts. And, and I think it was just something like, even for them when they were, when they were dating, it was just, and then eventually married, like it was, this what they did together, you know? And, uh, and then it became like a community and family thing where, you know, the band, I mean, they, they played a lot of shows, you know, it was, it was not right. like, uh, just an every so often thing, you know, um, recording videos and, you know, releasing and recording stuff. And, you know, it's different, different era. It's, it's like, I think back of like, what kind of challenges were then, you know, in the eighties and, uh, uh, as far as being a, an active band or an active musician, it's just such a different scenario compared to now, you know? Right. And, uh, um, but yeah, so I, I think it, I think it was maybe just kind of started out of the relationship, the relationship first and then that, and then, you know, obviously my uncle was uh, a really uh, strong guitar player and he, he was part of that as well. And then my, uh, I call her my, my aunt, but she, uh, you know, not blood related, but she's, you know, been there since day one, you know, and still to this day, huge support, all of them, you know, are, are huge supports and to everything that that's going on. Yeah. So you mentioned the Beatles and we've, mm-hmm. uh, 
we both have talked about it uh, at length, and especially with the the new movie uh, that just came out this summer called Yesterday. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you, we in our conversation, you kind of were talking about how uh, they, as a band, uh, sp- kind of speak to this ability of being able to be uh, to to go beyond just that era of being a, a popular band in the sixties, but they, they, they stand the test of time. Yeah. And what what awesome. did you mean by that? Well, I, I think, you know, pertaining to that movie, I mean, the Beatles first off in my house, you know, growing up Beatles, McCartney, Lennon, all their stuff after that. I mean, it's like, uh, is it, that's a huge, huge part of just not my upbringing, but musical influence. And, uh, you know, just, it was on all the time, you know, it was just a very, uh, I don't know, like, I'm, I don't want to say intentional, but it was, it was, it was very, uh, very commonplace. And, and honestly, that was probably the go-to. Um, but, you know, from a now producer kind of our artist standpoint, you know, when you grow and you kind of, I feel like your fandom as a, as a, uh, of the Beatles can, can grow in different, you know, there's courses on the Beatles, and all, this, all this stuff, you know? So it's like, um, you could kind of really do some serious deep diving with it. But ultimately I think in, a, in its simplest form, it's just a testament to like unbelievable songwriting. Right. And, uh, you know, when you think about the movie yesterday and, uh, you know, conceptually fun, you know, kind of turned it into a couple, uh, love story or whatever, but, um, it really, when you hear those songs, the guy had a, you know, strong vocal and, and he did the songs and it's like, you know, you start seeing, there's that scene where he has the sticky notes on the wall. Right. Yeah. And you see Eleanor Rigby, this, that, that boom, 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 boom. And then you start like really understanding the catalog. Um, you do before that because you can look at the playlist, but, but when you, I don't know, something about that imagery just like really hit, it's like, it's uh pretty overwhelming, you know, how, how, uh, how vast the, the catalog is, but, um, how strong it is. You know, I think the, the biggest song in that movie, um, that I heard, like, I guess say covered, <laughs> you know, not in the theme of that. It's not really covered, but, um, yeah, cover. So, uh, was long and winding road. Right. right and, yeah. uh, and that, that was like, there was a clarity, you know, when I listened back to, after that, I went back and like listened to that song again, the original recording. It's, it's, you know, the song is what is unbelievable. The execution on that album specifically is just kind of, it's okay. It's a little lackluster. I mean, it did the job, right? It's, yep. it's a huge song, but, um, but, but you, when you hear it, the even lyrics. in his way of doing it, the lyric, the clarity of the lyric, and then you start really assimilating this, this imagery and the challenge. I, I don't know. It's just, it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And, uh, so I'm a huge fan, you know, and I go in, in spurts of, you know, all right, I'm kind of in this month, I'm going to listen to, <laughs> you know, I already, right, I'm listening to top 40 all the time, understanding, and analyzing that, but then kind of always coming back and rooting back and listening to, to that catalog. Cause I just think it's influential, you know, huge, hugely influential in modern music and, um, kind of everything musical that, that has that, I guess, mass appeal, you know, but still right. says a story and still has quality and authenticity. Yeah. You know? 
I just, it's just crazy. I mean, they, you know, they had different phases too of their, mm-hmm. uh, just even within as a band over those six, seven years. Yeah. Um, that just, uh, it's, it's uh, unbelievable what they were able to accomplish that it just, oh, yeah. it'll never happen again like that. No, and I don't, I also don't think that the value system is there on the consumer end to like even allow that to happen again. If something of that quality came out and, uh, and was able to maintain, I just don't think it would be either appreciated or even heard, you know, Um, it's just there, there is like, again, we talk about the nexus of the universe (laughs) happening when, when we met and, you know, I met a lot of friends and now family out of that. Um, there was a place and time for that where that was able to really translate, you know, and, uh, and put its stamp in history. And, uh, so I, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, fant- it's fantastic. And I think, you know, you, I, I kind of question like when some people is with other, mu- other musicians and stuff and like, you know, talk about their influences or whatever. And if Beatles isn't like part of that or some McCartney offshoot or whatever, you know, I kind of like, oh, <laughs> like, 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 I'm not sure, but, uh, you haven't been you know, listening. I, yeah, yeah. You know, but what's funny about that is that a lot of times if they do talk about that, they'll talk about an artist and that artist will strongly claim to be influenced by the people. So it's like, you know, the trickle down effect, you know, yeah. through path. But so, as you're growing up uh, in middle school, you decide to uh, start learning the guitar. Uh, yeah. How did you, how did that come about? So, you know, again, growing up in a musical family, instruments were always accessible and available. Um, but, you know, it was for, for me, it was, it was, there was interest all, you know, for sure. Uh, I remember learning E minor. <laughs> And it was like a big moment, you know. Um, but my mom had a, a, a Sears guitar, Sears Decca guitar that I still have. Actually, just saw it the other day. And uh, it, was, it was just basically like a toy guitar from, I think, 60s or I don't know how long, long, long time ago. Yeah. And uh, that guitar, um, you could kind of string it either way. Right. So there's, I'm, I play guitar left-handed. Um, I write right-handed because I went to Catholic school and they made me write right-handed, but, um, <laughs> so, but I play guitar left-handed and, uh, sports and all that's too left-handed, but, uh, or left, yeah, left-handed. Um, but I think it was just, I, I don't know, like there, there was a, I was drawn to the instrument and then all of a sudden I wanted to to try it but this guitar specifically could be strung either way and my dad knew that i was naturally holding that things in that way so he's letting you know right you know you want to play guitar i'm going to string it this way and let's prove that you're going to be diligent with it and work hard at it and that's something you want to do then we'll get a real guitar for you yeah and uh and so he did and and then yeah i went hard at it you know when i was i was really, really learned way more in E minor and, um, really, uh, enjoyed it. So I, I kept playing and pushing and pushing and, and, uh, eventually, uh, got to the point where, okay, yeah, you're serious about this. And, uh, um, and then ended up, you know, he got, he got, went to the music store and got an, uh, an acoustic guitar, which was, uh, 
uh, daunting because the, there's a thing called action, which is like the, the space between the strings and the fretboard and basically how much strength you have to push down <laughs> to, yeah. to form the chords and form the, you know, bar chord or whatever. And I remember getting that guitar and being like, oh, well, maybe, I, maybe I'm not going to learn bar chords. <laughs> you know, like, I just couldn't build it. You know, eventually I had to build the strength and cut my finger. You know, my fingers would cut and bleed and you know, just kind of, yeah, build calluses and stuff. So yeah. um, it took years, but uh, to kind of get, build the strength up to where, you know, those levels of pain, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're resistant to it, you know, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was a, that was something that, you know, was uh was a good challenge and then i had that and then eventually got electric guitar and you know as i as i got a little older and whatnot it was funny funny thing happened too and this is actually pertaining to the beatles <laughs> keep talking about the beatles but uh um we had a uh in the in the studio there was always a studio in my house and uh in the studio there there was a drum set and it was a really nice drum set you know some crazy 900 tom drum drum set from like late, late 80s you know you know and uh it was so, there and so i played it, yeah pretty much yeah yeah this thing was outrageous and um it was there for years and and just you know i go down there and i played a little bit and then uh and this is around around the same time i'm playing guitar i, was, I think it was probably maybe 14 or 15 when this happened and uh i was already been late playing guitar for a couple of years uh well good amount of time i think i started when i was like nine nine or ten the e minor moment was nine <laughs> <laughs> but um but anyway so a little a little after that um uh basically whoever's drum set it was they picked up the drum set and they took it away and i realized like you know it's like oh yeah the drum set's gone like didn't really think much about it and then i saw um did you remember the drummer max weinberg yeah Okay, so he's, you know, he was Conan's drummer, and I think he's Springsteen's, right? Yeah, he's a part of the E Street band. Yeah. So it was just like this, like, like documentary late night, one, one of the nights that was on some channel, Channel 56 or something, which was PBS and did Metro Detroit. And um, he plays the, the Tom section, the kick Tom, you know, to Ticket to Ride, you know, boom, 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 boom. And like, oh, like I got goosebumps. I remember watching him like, oh, what was that? Like that, you know, like it was just all of a sudden there was like the, the actual drum part was melodic. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so all of a sudden, like I connected it. I was my dad. I was like, dad, I was like, I'm going to learn the drums. He's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> we just got rid of this huge trip set. I'm like, I'm telling you, I want to learn the drums. And uh, <laughs> so he's, you know, he's like, I kind of the same thing. He's like, all right, well, we'll see, you know, blah, blah. So I pushed and I was trying to figure it out. Anyway, we had a family friend that had like an old kind of garage kit. Ended up getting that. It actually was pretty cool, cool kit. And uh, um, uh, ended up starting to learn drums kind of at the same time as guitar. Guitar is definitely my main instrument. But to this day, learning that and eventually drumming in certain bands and helping here and there with the studio, whatever. But I've been able to record um for certain parts and even my new record coming out next year um is uh is is, as far as live drumming is all me but um uh it's it's just something that kind of kind of was again inspired by (laughs) tom sequence and ticket to ride (laughs) (laughs) it's great though it's so good but uh anyway um yeah so learn guitar and you know obviously kept with it and played as we were trying to (laughs) 
set up this podcast, get it ready. I was jamming a little bit. So uh, I love it. High school comes around and a particular album from Switchfoot really resonates with you. Uh, The Legend of the Chin, that's their first album. Uh, But also that, uh, I don't know if you want to speak directly to that album or to the just the alternative bands besides Switchfoot. Yeah, I and mean, we can talk about Switchfoot. For, yeah, for a sec. Yeah, I mean, I think Switchfoot, uh, at least at that time, it was it was so different, right? And I mean, we, especially like, I guess you could say like at the time it was like Christian music or what, what you know, Christian alternative. Um, but I remember the 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 kind of thing with that album that happened. It was like I had, uh, it's either like a Walkman or a Discman. I forget what it was, but it was like one of the first albums that I had on my person all the time and I was really like a start to finish like just listening and growing with the record you know always having like an appreciation of all these different bands and singles and whatnot leading up to that point was probably one of the first albums that I really um kind of had that that uh progression of really connecting with you know and I I mean people look at that record now and they kind of Oh, it sounds like a you know high school garage band. You know, they've heard that quote before and stuff. And compared to their new records and you know, grown produced, but I, I still think there's <clears throat> some really not just interesting songs, interesting guitar work in there. The bass lines is very um, just some cool stuff in that album, and yeah. uh, uh, it definitely influenced. You know, I, I don't even know how young they were when that record came out because we're not that far in age apart, but. Um, Maybe they were it came 18. Out in 97. 97. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a good record. But yeah, like there was a lot of, um, a lot, of, like, you know, the listening to what 89X, right? Was like the alternative rock, uh, <laughs> uh, thing when Green Day and, uh, Stroke Nine, Semi Sonic, <laughs> uh, yeah. all these, you know, kind of, uh, 90s uh, bands um, uh, so that was that was definitely something I remember like recording the cassette like on your on your boom box recording off the off the radio to try to catch a song and stuff like that <laughs> make my mixtape now <laughs> right right um, but yeah no this it was uh, it was a lot of good stuff what made that uh, alternative music uh, during the 90s so appealing to you oh uh, to me um you know, I think pop at that time was really, really, um, boy band crazy. Yeah, like, I just don't think like, if you think of pop in the eighties, right. And there's still stuff that stands the time now that like, you're going to hear at a wedding, you're going to hear, you know, at some playlist or whatever. And I just feel like at that time it, there is that kind of, but at the same time, I, I don't know if the quality longevity was there. Um, so maybe that's why I didn't like it. I don't know. Like I just didn't feel, I felt like it was like way, way, way commercial. And, uh, um, compared to, uh, some of the other stuff I felt like still had commercial hooks like green day. Uh, those bands were listing off, um, earlier, like a lot of them had, had really strong hooks, but kind of presented in a little raw package, you know? Uh, so post, uh, high school, uh, you were Mm -hmm. going to college, uh, you decided to start a band. Um, yes. What was it like? Tail end of high school. Yeah. yeah t- tail end of high school. 
into into uh, college. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was in a band, uh, started a band, had lots of different members throughout the years, <laughs> and uh, but definitely had a consistent thread. I mean, we were kind of like the indie alternative thing for a minute, but we kind of went through different phases, developing what made sense. But really, um, it was right around two thousand and two to 2003 is really when we started like, all right, let's start pursuing this. And then, uh, really heavily 2003 to 2005, um, uh, really had things kicking into high gear, you know, and, and trying to figure out, do the band thing, which was still uh, a relevant thing at that time. And, uh, and had, uh, had definite value. So that was, that was cool to be a part of that. And, uh, we eventually signed a deal and had that for a minute and, then, um, you know, figuring out sides of the business versus the creation and just getting, getting, uh, getting our heads on straight. And, you know, eventually that turned into, you know, different ways, even out of that, out of necessity, there's been multiple parts of production that, that kind of required me to step up and understand. And, um, that later producing, uh, full time was, was, uh, very helpful. I needed that, you know, that was, there was a, uh, a lot of trial and error, you know, trying to understand why these things aren't working or were working, at least on the production side. But um, I'm thankful for that, that education in that way. And so uh, at this time, you're kind of kind of more so observing music mm-hmm. to uh, not necessarily to enjoy uh, anymore, but to to kind of yeah. see what works and what doesn't how you want to implement that as a musician yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean it in the band and doing that, you know, there there's different levels of excitement, right? You have like the song starting and, you know, finishing and polishing all this stuff. Um, but on the production side, you know, I really, especially the release that we did, what was it? 2008. 2009, something like that. Like there was, there was kind of a moment where this was not, I mean, we had to record bed tracks for that three times, that that entire album. And, uh, you know, there was, there was a level of, all right, there's a reason these things aren't working. They're not translating. It's like, we hear it, we hear it in the room. We, you know, we understand that live and that's translating to an audience live, but how do we get get that on the record? And what does that look like? And sometimes, you know, we did the producer thing. We did, you know, different, uh, collaborations involving other people and trying to figure that out. But, um, really came to a point where I was like, all right, I just gotta sit down, analyze and just take a, a break from doing and try to start understanding at a deeper level. And, uh, so that approach, um, starting that has, has definitely, you know, diminished some enjoyment of music, um, in the sense of the analytical side, you know, versus just the pure fun. I'm loving this song. I still like can enjoy, you know, those, those songs, but I kind of go right pretty quick. Like I, I'll, a new song hits me and it's, and if it's fantastic, you know, I'll, I'll have that, that, whoa, what's, what's going on with this? This is amazing. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just, just, uh, going through that process, but just like uh, um, Taylor Swift's, uh, lover. Oh, uh, I 
for any production guys out there. I love the snare drum. It's my favorite. <laughs> Number one. No, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, so the production, <laughs> I can't even talk. Um, but no, so the analytical side of it, you know, takes over and, you know, you just really, you know, even to this day, like I can't like just sit down and like relax to a record. Um, if I have stuff on in the house, primarily is jazz or big band and, and it's stuff to just, you know, create a, create an ambience and, um, but, but not, not necessarily if I'm going to sit down and like, Hey, put this record on and enjoy. Like, I mean, it's, it's it's as if some, some guy on a kind of treadmill listening to EDM, it's just going, going hard, you know, like it's, it's very, very much, uh, um, you know, I just, my brain starts going and I was just analyzing, you know, what's going on why is this happening? Why do I like this? What's that? You know, all these things. So, um, so, but to precursor, I can still enjoy music, but it's just pretty quick before I get into the, to to the analyzing side. Yeah. So post-college, uh, Mm -hmm. you're still, doing stuff with your band like you talked about uh yeah but there there's some kind of two different things you you really start really digging into the strokes uh yeah. garage you know type bands mm-hmm. um but and then you're also you're playing a lot you're writing a lot um yes yeah. during that time uh what is it about uh because we've talked about uh the strokes a lot and, mm-hmm. and about uh, Julian Casablanca's uh, yeah. solo album. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many good tracks on that too. Oh yeah. What 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 is it about the Strokes and maybe other garage like bands uh, that appealed to you during that time? Um, I th- I think that like part of part of it, you know, from a production aspect, people are like, oh, it sounds like a garage, you know, lo-fi or whatever which is intentional, but like, it, it's really hard to get those kinds of sounds and still have consistency to where it doesn't fall off and sound, uh, sound B rate and that there is something going on there, um, on the production side, but, and maybe be, be able to do that live too. Well, when I saw the strokes live, it was, it was like, you know, I saw him at the Fox, uh-huh. uh, theater in Detroit and, um, that was an education. Like that was uh, one of probably within my top five shows ever, you know, wow. <laughs> like it was, it was that good. And it was, uh, um, it was just something that uh, was so, I mean, I remember closed my eyes a couple of times and like, it was just like, wow, this is the record and it's maybe even better. I don't know. I couldn't decide, you know, like it was, it was just so, uh, so good. So to me, I think what it does come back to is that what was interesting about, especially their first two records is that there were performances on the record. So they were really capturing moments as a band and there's that connection that happens. Um, and I, I was real, real super, uh, attracted to that. And, you know, and then eventually following all the, even Albert, uh, Hammond's solo record after, um, yeah. The one with the rabbit on the front, I forget what it's called, but that was, that was, you know, there, there are a lot of these different things that were in elements sonically that I thought were interesting. And then when Julian's solo record came out, um, like, I think it was maybe, maybe ahead of its time. 
I, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I, totally was, I mean, sonically it was, it was incredible. <laughs> and it was just like, it was like going on this, uh, far out future journey, you know? And I hear some of those tones now, uh, being, being big lead lines, you know, on top 40. So I, I don't know. That, that's, that's just something to consistently have, have, I still do listen to those records and I, I, you know, I do like, there's a record yeah. I can enjoy, enjoy, you know, I do, I do enjoy them for sure. What about the, the, the playing and the writing during this time as uh, you're working with the band? Yeah. So, I mean, writing wise, it, it was uh, writing is something that from day one, it was, it was always consistent. Like I, I would like, I'm going to go back to when I learned the, E minor, right? <laughs> and you know, after I had E minor C G, I was trying to figure out like, okay, that's great. Like, but I I really wanted to figure out like, all right, what can I do with this? It wasn't my gut reaction wasn't like, okay, if I learn these you know, X amount of chords, then I can play this song. And that's the goal. Like that was never that was something that I did do and and learned if I was inspired by it. But at at the same time, the 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 overwhelming part of it was I really want to create, right? And um, so that thread from nine years old or even before, and you can, you know, I don't know, there's just always something that, that I, I want, you know, assimilate the tools of the knowledge of the idea and then create with it. That was consistent all the way through that just never, never slowed to this day. You know, it's like uh, I, I, was, I had no interest in, I, I want to learn and understand why there's certain things are and work and what the song is or whatever. But, but that's, that's only kind of goes in the bank and, uh, in, in the, in the mental factory of assim, assimilating and how does it affect my output? That, that's actually in, uh, at times an intentional decision why I will not listen to certain types of music or certain types of artists, uh, even if they're great. Like I will not, I, I won't sit and let the, let the record adapt with me because, um, there's certain things I know I don't want to go down that road and it may peak its head out five years from now, mm. you know? So I just, uh, kind of aware of that, but <clears throat> yeah. So writing with the band writing, you know, uh, after that, I, I really, you know, when I started producing, um, more post band, um, it was, it, it was something that brought up new challenges and new, uh, new exciting ideas, but it was something still the undercurrent, like, the writing never stopped, you know? Um, but what, what, ha what did stop or slow down was there's the songs and you build up the songs, but then the execution of the songs or the songs becoming reality that slowed down because now you're producing or, or writing for someone or whatever that would be. So it's a little, a little different. You kind of have different hats at that point that you have to wear. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, so, so I, still to this to this day again the 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 writing the creation the the understanding the tool and then creating uh with it is is huge you know and, and on a deeper note it's like you know i compare and i've talked to friends and family about this like i compare when i'm writing a song or and i have or or currently am or whatever that muscle that creation muscle is the same muscle that when i was sitting down with legos and creating, you know, some house, right. Mm -hmm. Or my GI Joe's or whatever it would be. The, the problem is, is that, that, that is a, um, that time allotment as a kid, as a baby, as a kid, all these different things, 
um, you know, as we see our newer, younger generation parenting and it's screen time, screen time, screen time, you're, you're utilizing, it's, it's just fact, you're utilizing a consumption mechanism of your brain, right? You're not really allowing the time, the margin to create. So I, I do wonder generationally, what does 15, 20 years look from now as far as create, create, you know, creatives yeah. are concerned. And, uh, you know, cause I, I do, I, I know for a fact that, you know, in, in my head, all of those things, uh, work, um, when I'm writing a song, all of those little gears, mechanisms, you know, or if I'm creating this, you know, production element or whatever it is, it's the, but, you know, so that's on a deeper side note, but, <laughs> but for, for me, yeah, no, I, I still, you know, the writing is huge. As you're kind of the later years, uh, in Detroit, you really mm-hmm. start to, uh, like you were talking about producing more, um, yeah. you know, for various different people, like our friend, Steve, um, mm-hmm. I remember one time, uh, you, you showed me, uh, uh, I don't know it was a gospel singer or something like that to yeah. his demo and then you then you let me listen to the things that you did and it was so drastically different um, <laughs> it was it was amazing but what you hmm. what you were able to do uh, with pro tools and other um, you know man, things that you could do to maneuver uh, the music right or the, right. the vocals. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. What, you know, I appreciate that. What, what is it about, uh, you know, the process of creating music that was, that's different as a producer? Uh, I think as a producer wearing that hat, you know, um, ultimately like, you know, we have tools, right? Tools are way more accessible than they, than they were and, um, all of those things. So capturing the audio and whatnot and how to do that, the technical side of it is you can get there pretty quick. You know, there are some things that are nicer than others or whatever, but, um, ultimately you have to listen a lot and listen for performances and moments. And if that means that, you know, in that, probably in that record that you're talking about there, there's probably maybe 35 vocal takes, right? So then going through those, these different phrases and like, okay, where's the hair raising on your arms phrase? And then finding those things and assimilating um, what they call, you know, uh, comp or compiling the vocal into one take. Or if you get someone comes in, does a couple takes and you grab that verse and this verse, and then you're kind of, you're deciding what, uh, effectively is the best representation of that performance. Uh, that's, that's a huge part of it. And then, uh, uh, translating, you know, I mean, for me, like I would say that the best performance and whether that be guitar, drums, synthesizer, (laughs) vocal, whatever it is, the best performance is the performance that disappears Hmm. because I, I, I would rather hear a song back and just emotionally connect with it and hear what the intention of the song is then hear oh wow that's a great guitar blank yeah or that's a great drum blank because those things are all tools and utilization and sonic uh um, manipulations to to convey a message and convey a performance and i think that's part you know i mean motown's a testament to that you know early recordings are a testament to that these are performances 
that sonically are just, you know, they're cool. Like I love Motown's reverb. I love these different things. There's amazing things you can pull out of it. But at the end of the day, um, they're picking performances, you know, what's that, that, you know, or the mix or whatever it would be. So I think that that process, um, you know, when I've produced self-produced stuff from, for, for my record, uh, I really have had, like, I, I have to wear those different hats at times. Um, and I, it, I have, ha- have had the ability to bounce ideas or bounce things off of, um, some executive producers and things like that. But with, with that kind of thing, for me, the only way I can really produce myself is like, I'll take one day and record, you know, get a bunch of ideas down, just work within that flow and that pulse. And then I will the next day edit and, and figure out what I like and don't like, because when you're coming off of performing, you have no idea what sounds good. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Like it just, it, you just have no idea. Like if take one or seven is the greatest take ever, <laughs> like, right. you know, so I think coming in fresh and having that first initial pass, listening to what you did. Okay. That was good. This could have been better. You know, I had that happen with one of the songs on the upcoming record where I did the vocal and all these different things. And then months went by, we were waiting, kind of figuring out the mixing situation. And then it got back on, on my plate. So then it listening to the mix, I'm like, I, I mean, I can probably cut a better vocal here. So I ended up redoing the vocal and, and it, it was stronger and I, I'm much happier with it. But um, it's just things like that. So, but sometimes if you're self-producing, you got to allow yourself a little bit of margin to come back with fresh ears. But what can ha- can happen in the pulse of when you are the producer is that you can help c- convey those performances a lot quicker. Um, you know, if you're working with an artist or a band, um, that and that's uh, you know, aside from the engineering side, like to me, like even when I do produce, like I like everything set up, engineer-wise, to where the engineering is just it's it's a means to an end it's not there like we can talk about that reverb all day but i don't want to think about that reverb when we're actually cutting <laughs> you know or whatever i just i just want all of those things to disappear and we're just going to focus on the performance and the emotion so right before i left uh detroit uh you and i uh we went to see a band called uh young the giant mm-hmm. and because you, you had you kind of knew them even before uh, when they were called the Jakes, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I had their demo. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, really awesome because I, I I had listened to a couple songs prior to going, mm-hmm. and they were just astounding um, to watch. Uh, what was it about them that was uh, was appealing to you? What what? Uh, why did they catch your eye? I mean, I think, again, it's just great songs that were translated in a, in, in a unique way. You know, Cough Syrup was was the first song that was like, whoa, you know, that, that really uh, uh, just had that connecting factor. I actually like the, the demo that I have better than the, the large-scale release that went out uh, later on. But, you know, that's just probably because I was attached to it, you know. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, they put out some great quality stuff, you know, I mean, as far as like an indie pop crossover kind of thing, like, you know, who, who else is out there doing that? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, that they're, what they're doing, that they have the fan base and, and maintaining a touring schedule. That's kudos. You know, it's great. It's, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, ultimately a character driven vocal 
that's identifiable, number one, you know, as far as the production side. And aside from, you know, we already talked about songs. So uh, the vocal delivery and then a lot of the approach and what they did musically, but, um, you know, his voice, you know, it's his voice. Yeah, totally. And it, do, and it doesn't, uh, you know, diminish the, the backing band too. I mean, they, they step up and are just as, as good too. Yeah, and and the, the diversity of, uh, the, the, the quality of the different sounds that they're coming up with, um, in my opinion. I also think they were kind of like one of the pioneers of, of the, of the environmental recordings in the sense of like, they would go, to like a field yeah the in in the open the series things. that they did right yeah and just the, the and even early on i remember them doing a, a a live like acoustic version of cough syrup that was just some in some environment and very kind of natural uh thing and uh as far as a youtube live video i think they definitely brought flavor to that compared to a lot of the ones prior to that were very kind of um stale environment stale studio and very uh just not very live really right. you know what's the difference <laughs> what's the difference you know between that and the recording it was just like yeah it was really tight you know so <laughs> see you made the move to nashville in 2016 yeah and you had a just a really good opportunity you want to uh talk about what that was yeah so like leading up to that, you know, again, it's kind of this six, seven year producing uh, time frame that happened. And, uh, but again, I never stopped writing and, you know, and I would have like a little demo on the side to try this, try that. And uh, it, it came down to it. I, you know, I had a friend down here and uh, um, kind of always communicating like, yeah, you know, I had this, this uh, something, something brewing. And I was trying, still trying to navigate what that was. And uh, these songs were just coming out. And they were coming out uh, um, very, very clearly in, in topic and clearly in execution. So it was something I was still um, assimilating. And uh, I thought, you know, this is like 2015. I thought, like, you know, all right, I just got to sit down and I'm just going to start and finish one. Right. And uh, did that. So I start and finished and then I tried to get some, some people playing on it. And then there were certain things and just certain parts would work, certain parts wouldn't work. And then ultimately it just ended up just reverting to that core initial recording and did a quick mix on it. And, uh, and like, you know, we were, I remember we were out to dinner, um, and just, just thought it's like, you know, no, I just got, I got to send something like, you know, this has been back and forth a couple of times you know, just going to send something and, uh, uh, sent it. And like later that night, you know, my friends texting back like, Oh, what is this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, what's going on? Let's talk. So we ended up talking the next day and then pretty much within like 24 hours within like that week kind of bracket, um, the conversation was going and ended up, uh, uh, signing with an imprint down here. And then, um, you know, which led to us moving here, you know, and, um, that was uh there, there was a lot of a lot of things you know the move to nashville was always kind of hanging in the in the wings for a while it was just a matter of like timing yeah and uh when it made sense and this all of a sudden it just was was clearly making sense and you know so that started 
this now record that's coming out uh, next year, um, first uh, couple months of 2020. And uh, it's, it, you know, I, I'm very, I'm very pleased. It's a seven song uh, EP, um, but I'm very pleased with the outcome. And uh, uh, it's been kind of, you know, the, it's been done for a minute, but, <laughs> but, you know, Hey, that's, that's, it is what it is, you know, and it's just something that uh, uh, moving forward, you know, it's only been done to the, you know, the 10 people that have been involved, you know, <laughs> with right. it. Uh, other than that, you know, as far as the timing of it coming out is that's, that's its own thing. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, but I'm, I, th- I think it's the first record that I'm sitting back and even having time away from it and gets getting met, you know, got, going through the mastering process and then hearing back to it or he, listening back to it. Sorry. Um, this is probably one of the first records I'm like, okay, you know what? Like you can like it or not. And that's okay. Um, I hope you do. And I hope it connects and impacts you, but it's also just something that I really feel is a, is a clear representation of, that time and it the, it to me like it doesn't the developmental side of the earlier band records and the developmental side of the early production records uh, that that seems that that feels a thing of the past for this record i'm not saying that i might not venture and learn and develop in the future but it fe- it really feels like a like a time stamp and that part of of this this album um and the fact that it is, you know, it's an it's an intentional. Uh, the, the songs that were coming out were worship, right? And it's just something that um, that were that, that was not like a sit down decision. Be like, you know what, calculate. Like, I really want to make a worship record. Like, I think that's a great idea. Blah blah blah. Let's go. It wasn't that. It was just like these songs just started happening, and um, kind of organically, incredibly organically, like almost reluctantly. <laughs> You know, it was, it was, it was something that was like, really like, you know, am I, you know, is that something that it, it just was something I just couldn't, uh, couldn't ignore. So listening back, um, I really, I, I do, um, I'm very happy with the result and I hope people enjoy it, you know, and I hope that, you know, I, I was talking, there was this like conference in town and, uh, I was talking to, there's a younger producer and he's, I think he was like 17 or something like that. And he was talking to us. Yeah. He's, you know, doing stuff, going to school and these, these things. And, um, you know, and sometimes for a lot of people, this takes time, right. To, to kind of figure out your vision, like what you want to do with what you're doing. And so it's not like, you know, automatically, you know, at 17 years old, you got to have this figured out. But, uh, for me, like I want to make and create music and content that inspires and challenges the listener you know and the audience and and hopefully it you know inspires them in a positive way right and it can be uplifting or it can be convicting or whatever whatever that is but i do want to uh you know whether that's a worship song or a mainstream song i want there to be merit behind it and quality right right and even recently you know and we're coming off like four days of a, of a release for the the nonprofit kia hope that i that i produced for and this is my second record with them, first full length. And, you know, people are really, really connecting with this thing. And it's just, um, it, at the end of the day, it just, it just, I, I'm very pleased with how it sounds. It's like a strong, strong representation of the organization and what you, when you see these kids live, you know, and, uh, but at the same time, you know, that, you know, their story, you know, their, um, 
you know, what they go through on a day to day. And then they're here singing, you know, you, 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 there's, there's so many levels of, of, of awareness that can go through while you're working on a record with, with a nonprofit like them or, you know, when releasing it too. So, and, and just kind of understanding the impact that the music can have. Um, and that's, that part of it is exciting to me, like being a part of stuff that's being created that can go out that actually has value. You know, and, and in this record, you know, the those sales or those streams tangibly work into a meal for a kid, right? And that is exciting to me. You know, the, the fact that uh, my, my personal record can, can go out and that other leaders and other people in churches or whatever can take that message that I was alone sitting somewhere writing a song and it can go out and go out to their church and then that, you know, or, or whoever, however it can happen and, and just, uh, have the ability for it to have those kinds of legs to where there is a, there is, can be a message, uh, through that, those kinds of projects, that's what excites me right now. And, uh, um, other stuff, you know, maybe not as much, but I'm just happy, happy to be, be a part of that stuff, you know? Yeah, man. And, um, you have plans too beyond uh, just this uh, this EP that's coming out next year, right? Yes. For the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, yeah, definitely for further records and and uh, um, you know, I, I'm I'm excited. There's there's a lot of stuff in the bank right now. You know, as far as uh, ideas uh, and uh, getting stuff uh, kind of put together, but I'm I'm very excited about from even from the production standpoint just kind of where where some things and some of the ideas are going you know what what is it about music that makes us uh enjoy it why why do we listen to it what what's so uh appealing about music in general i mean music in general i I think that there there are some definitely unexplainable aspects to it right there's some reason like why did that happen and um why do I react in that way? So there, there is that. I, I also think that there is uh, uh, a, a huge part of the day to day where music can, you know, influence a room, right? Or create uh, happiness, sadness, all these different things. So there's an influential uh, part about it too, culturally and sonically, <laughs> that I think uh, should be looked at with some level of responsibility. But, um, yeah, for me, like, it, you know, the unexplainable side of it, the side that just uh, conveys um, conveys a, an emotion, even if it's without a vocal, like just a, how something is played, uh, that part is is very interesting. And those are the kinds of things that I, when I hear a certain something that is really uh, moving, I, I really want to understand why it was, you know? And, you know, I, and I think that the simple answer at the end of it is like, it's not the EQ or the compressor or the, you know, <laughs> whatever is being used. I, I just think it's, it's like you're capturing a moment, something that happens. And, um, and that's, that's exciting. Right. You know, um, but yeah, so yeah, that's, I, I would, I, I would say, but there's definitely some stuff that, uh, that you're like, I, you know, I just love the song. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's, it's unexplainable sometimes. Right. Right. I remember there was a song, uh, 
it was like a, I, I don't know if it was, a, I think it was, it was a jazz song. Oh man, I can't remember the name, but I, I, I actually, I remember um, listening to it and then feeling emotion and then not never ever hearing the song before and like, wow, like really, you know, sentimental. It was, it was a sentimental something and was feeling, you know, kind of had this, you know, thoughts and thinking about these things and kind of puts you in a sentimental mood. Right. right. And then <laughs> I looked at the title and that's the title of the song. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I was like, what, you know, it was just kind of one of those things like, well, wait a second. That's how it was translated. <laughs> you know, they heard it. Obviously they named it after that, but it was just kind of weird. It was the exact word, you know, Interesting. But, yeah. Kind of uh, yeah. We don't, we don't need pitchfork to explain things. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, no. Wow. Well, funny. well, uh, thanks for doing this. Um, yeah, you got it, man. Yeah. This was great. It's always, uh, yeah. just awesome to talk with you about music and, uh, to, so to hear from your story, of things was great too yeah no very good and uh yeah i appreciate uh taking the time yeah all right well thanks man thank you for listening to soundtrack with kyle if you like the podcast and want to know more Check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.